Hello everyone, Art Burns here. I hope you're all doing well today. I hope that you're having a great day. I hope that the day is treating you well, but I also hope that you're treating you well. You know, I like to say that a lot because it's, it's very, very important that we treat ourselves well. It's important that we treat ourselves with kindness and with compassion. And, and when we learn to treat ourselves with kindness and compassion, that enables us to treat others with kindness and compassion as well. And, and this is very, very important to the, to the practice of mindfulness. You know, um, you know, when we talk about mindfulness as just a sort of strict, you know, basic definition of what it is, it, it really is just the the you know the basic you know moment to moment non judging awareness of our of our unfolding experiences right in other words just paying attention to what's happening as it's happening but but an important ingredient in in that definition is the non judging aspect and this is where kindness and compassion come through and in fact there are some people who de- who define um, mindfulness like Jack Cornfield calls it loving awareness right so so there's a very much a uh, an aspect to this. That, that includes very very importantly includes kindness and compassion you know um, and, and I'm going to tell you why because you know when we're you know in fact you know kindness and compassion are what allow us to be in the present moment they are what allow us to really focus our attention on the present moment and this is because you know a lot of what a lot of what will prevent us from paying attention to what is happening as it's happening, right, are our emotions, right? Our emotions are what motivates us as, as human beings, right? That's what we are motivated by. We are motivated towards things that we want, and we are motivated away from things that we don't want. And this is an emotional process, right? And, and of course, the emotions are, are very tightly intertwined with the thoughts in our mind and also with the sensations in our body. In fact, this is a cycle that I talk about a lot, right? A thought inspires an emotion. An emotion, you know, creates a sensation in the body. That sensation in the body sends a signal back up to the brain that, that kind of influences the next thought, which, you know, if, if it's a, a, a place of, of, you know, that, that place in your body where you manifest, you know, uh, worry or, or a past trauma or, or, you know, or anger or, or jealousy or shame or any of these, you know, emotions, that is going to send, you know, that's going to influence another thought that's going to influence that emotion that's going to influence that that uh, you know uh, sensation in your body and it's going to create a, a, a sort of a looping cycle right and this is what we call a mood right now it can be a good mood right you can be you know when you have a, a happy you know uh, thought which inspires a happy emotion and then a happy sensation in your body like the the sort of butterfly feelings of like excitement right and then that that in- influences another thought that's something hopeful and and exciting that that then you know that emotion of of you know of hope and excitement and you know it's kind of it can go upward but it can also go downward and unfortunately because of the way human beings are wired you know for our survival instinct and techniques you know we are wired for the negative Right? There's no other way to say it, right? We have this negativity bias in our mind that 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 make, makes us, you know, see more of the negative aspects of our lives than the positive aspects of our lives. This, this you know, this is in terms of our perception. It's also in the form of what we call automatic negative thoughts, and it also has to do with you know, sort of the structure of the brain, the whole default mode network, which is you know that that 
you know, way that your brain is active while you're not really doing something that you have to devote your attention to, right? This, this default mode network, you know, influence us to, to think about the things that are wrong with our lives and wrong with ourselves, right? And so, so as human beings, we are very, very much, you know, you know, leaning towards the negative, right? And towards the, the, the negative emotions, the negative thoughts, and the negative perception of our experiences, right? And so what mindfulness kind of seeks to do, or, or one of the things that, that happens in mindfulness, is mindfulness doesn't really seek to do anything. It's just, it's just is, right? Um, but, but as we practice mindfulness, one of the benefits that we get is, number one, we, we see you know, we acknowledge and we, we hold in our, you know, in our kind awareness, we hold that, that this negativity bias is real and it exists and the automatic negative thoughts. And we, we see this process almost like a third person, uh, with a third person detachment, I should say, right? So that we can kind of see this happening and see like, oh, look at that art. You know, you're thinking about the worst case scenario that you're thinking about just what might go wrong today. You know, you're thinking about, you know, the worst possible outcome to whatever it is that's happening in your life right now. Isn't that funny, right? <laughs> because, you know, because the, the fact of the matter is that the best possible outcome is equally as possible, right? It's not that there's, uh, you know, a more likelihood of something negative happening. It's that we're paying attention to the negative possibilities, Okay, and so so this is really, you know, a function of mindfulness, a function of the open, you know, accepting awareness that we develop through this practice is something that will not only allow us to see this negativity bias and not only see these negative thoughts and not only see this, you know, the the um, the the effect of this sort of default mode network and this selfing that we do. But it will also mitigate it. It will actually also drive it down. It will weaken the process, right? It will, it will you know, the, there's lots of studies that show that, that mindfulness actually reduces the, the, uh, the strength of the implicit biases that we have. And the, negative, the negativity bias is one of those, right? So let's bring it back to kindness, right? So how does kindness and compassion affect all of this, right? Well, when we are consciously and intentionally practicing kindness towards ourselves and towards others. And it always starts with ourselves, right? Because if we, you know, just like loving someone, you know, it's very, very well known that if you can't love yourself, you can never truly love another, right? And that's very, very true, right? It's like you have to, you know, your cup has to be full before you can, you know, pour some into another's cup, right? Um, philosophers and poets and, and, you know, writers and scientists and everybody's been saying that for, for our, you know, for millennia, right? So, so let's accept that as a, as a, uh, as a given, right? Um, so, so the idea, but, but even aside from that, just the idea of, of, of approaching the awareness that we have, right? Each moment to moment awareness of the present moment, right? If we are not, approaching those things with a level of kindness and compassion, then what we're likely to do, again, because of the sort of wiring and the default, you know, sort of, um, you know, actions of our mind and our brain, we are likely to engage in the emotions of fear, 
right? It's been said that, that the entire human uh, spectrum of emotions, right, or the entire spectrum of human emotions, I should say, uh, can, be, can be really boiled down to one division, right? That, that every single, what we would consider positive emotion, right? Every single positive emotion can be boiled down to, the, to an emotion that is, is rooted in love, right? Whereas every negative emotion, right, the, any possible negative emotion that we can feel as human beings can be boiled down to fear, right? So, so we're either, you know, and again, that's what we talk about, right, with the emotions. We're either, you know, you know emoting towards something that we want, love, attraction, right, or we're mo- emoting away from something we don't want, fear, Right. So so all the the anger, the shame, the guilt, the resentment, the jealousy, the the, um, you know, the the, uh, you know, mistrust, the any emotions that you can think that you can experience that are on the negative end of the of the sort of, uh, you know, spectrum of emotions, you're going to be able to boil that down and find its roots in fear. Right now, now fear is a very interesting thing, right? Fear is what creates the stress response, first of all, right? So, so when we think about it in those terms, right, which is just a physiological sense, I'm not even getting into philosophy or, or spirituality here. I'm just talking about on a physiological sense, right? When we are engaged in an emotion that is based in fear, right, we are automatically going to be experiencing everything as we're in that you know, in that state of that emotion, we're going to be experiencing everything through that kind of filter, right? And that means that everything that we experience, right, we're going to be looking for, again, what's wrong, what could possibly go wrong, what could possibly hurt me here. And and, and what this does is this pulls us out of the present moment, right? Because now we're thinking about, you know, what could possibly go wrong? That means that we're thinking about something in the future. We're not thinking about right now, right? Or, or you know, or, or how could I have made so many mistakes to lead up to this point, right? That's, we're going into the past. We're no longer in the present moment. So this is what I mean when I say that the negative emotions that we can feel draw us away from the practice of mindfulness, whether it's into the future or into the past, which drawing us away from the ability to truly be present with what is happening as it's happening. And so when we talk about ourselves, right now, a huge emotion <laughs> that's, that's present when we talk about ourselves and, and how compassion and kindness for ourselves is so important, right, is shame, right? The, the emotion of shame is very, very strong for humans right now now it can come from past trauma it can come from implicit biases and implicit memories that you have as as you were brought up to feel you know that you were held up to certain standards that were not easy for you to meet and so now you feel shame right and so wherever it's come from for you right this shame is a very very you know, very, very big um, emotion for humans, right? And in fact, I talked about the default mode network. There's a lot of research that shows that that shame, you know, kind of inspires and triggers that default mode network, right? And, and again, that, that, you know, what, what's happening in that space, in that time, is we're thinking about all the things that are wrong with us, right? All the things we've done, all the things that we haven't done, all the things that we're not living up to who we're supposed to be and all this kind of stuff. And once we're in this space, 
again, it becomes impossible to truly, you know, be be present because we're 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 somewhere else. You know, we're, we're, when we're in that emotion, we're we're somewhere else. We're not right here, right now. And therefore, every decision we make, every uh, action that we take, remember our emotions. Right? We're going to either be, you know, running away from something or running towards something. And when we're feeling shame. You know, and, and of course that's inward. When when you kind of translate to it to an outward emotion, it would be anger, it would be resentment, it would be jealousy. You know, it would be these kind of things, right? And when we're acting in one of those things, what we're doing is we're running away, right? We're not moving towards something; we're moving away from something, right? So the idea is then by expressing kindness and and just feeling kindness for ourselves and for others what we do is we neutralize that that negative aspect of our emotional scales right and 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 by doing that remember that cycle i was talking about right so the cycle of of negative thoughts that equal negative emotions that equal negative sensations which inspire negative thoughts which inspire negative emotions which create negative sensations that cycle once we can inject compassion and kindness, especially for ourselves, <clears throat> what we do is we break that cycle. We just break it right down, right? And then, and of course, this is where our practices come in, right? As we can, you know, sit, like, like when, you know, <laughs> it actually just happened to me this morning. I found myself in this sort of negative, you know, cycle. And, you know, I'd already done my meditation and, you know, it didn't go so well. I have a few things going on in my life right now that are kind of difficult and kind of, you know, I didn't sleep that well last night. It just happens, you know, it's okay. Um, but but I, I found myself in this sort of, um, you know, cycle, you know, and I, my meditation didn't go real well. And then I, I sat with myself and I realized that, wow, yeah, look at you. You're, you're getting into this negative cycle. And where is it coming from? You know, and it was always coming from somewhere that is a fear. Right. And so what I did was I, I went back into my meditation and I sat for a little longer and I really, you know, made sure to, to you know, to, to act kind to myself and, and to, you know, practice compassion for others. Right. And once I did that, I was able to, OK, I'm better now. I, I, I'm more centered now. The problems don't go away. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't still have things that I have to deal with. I do. Right. But now I am able to deal with those things with the full resources that I have, because that is ultimately that's the practicality of what we talk about with mindfulness is that by by being mindful and by being present and by being compassionate and kind to yourself, what you're doing is you're allowing you yourself to to employ the full benefit of the power of your mind and your body and your consciousness and your, you know, every resource that you have, which when you're in that place of fear, that's not happening because your mind is so preoccupied with these fears that you have and with these different uh, negativity, you know, uh, negative thoughts and negative outcomes and all these things that you're thinking about. You're not here. So you can't possibly devote all of your energy <clears throat> to solving the problem, right? So anyway, I hope this all uh, is helpful for you. Uh, if you have any questions about what I'm talking about here, because, you know, I, I say a lot in these videos, I know, and, uh, and I hope that you like them. But, um, but the, these, these aspects are really important, especially when it comes to kindness, because a lot of people, you know, <laughs> you know back in the uh, early 90s, the Dalai Lama actually came to the U.S. to, to give a, a talk to a bunch of uh, psychologists and neuroscientists as part of a, an ongoing, 
ongoing uh, project where he and other monks were being studied by modern medicine techniques like MRI machines and EEGs and stuff. And they were, they were you know, kind of proving the, the impacts of these millennia old practices that I talk about here. And so the Dalai Lama on one of these trips, uh, he was standing before a group of, of scientists and neuroscientists, uh, I'm sorry, uh, neuroscientists and psychologists, and actually Sharon Salzberg, who is a very wonderful author and very wonderful teacher of mindfulness, she got up and asked a question and she referenced um, self-loathing in the question. And the Dalai Lama was like, self-loathing? What are you talking about, self-loathing? And he like talked with his translator for like five minutes. They couldn't even figure it out. And finally, he, he understood what she meant. And he looked around the room. He said, he said, does anybody else feel this self-loathing? And when like every single hand went up in the room, he almost fell off his chair, you know? And that's the thing, right? So as we practice, you know, these, the, you know, of course, the Dalai Lama, I mean, he's been practicing since he was a toddler and he's put, you know, you know, hundred thousand hours probably of meditation you know so so he has evolved out of that that self-loathing and that sort of self you know um you know self-deprecating kind of thought process right and um and of course i'm not suggesting that you have to do that kind of work to get to that point but by bringing awareness to it and it happens much faster than, than you know an entire lifetime believe me it does i'm living proof you know because i used to feel a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of uh you know anger and i don't feel these things anymore because i've allowed myself to be kind to myself and to others as I am paying attention to what is, not what could be and not what has been, but paying attention to what is, but doing so with kindness and compassion. So again, I'm sorry to keep going. I just love that story about the Dalai Lama. Um, so, you know, there's another story about him. You know, when he stays at a hotel, like when he, there's a story about when he was staying in a hotel here in, in the US, right? When he was getting ready to leave, what he did was he had the entire hotel staff every single employee they they came to the lobby of the hotel and each one of those people he stopped and talked to for you know 10 or seconds or 15 seconds or whatever it was and just looked in their eyes and said and said i i wish you well that kind of thing right every single employee like that's the kindness you know now of course that's at a very big level but anyway um you know that that's the idea though the more that we practice kindness and the more that we practice compassion the more we shed these negative emotions that cause our suffering and so that's the bottom line here, folks. So uh, I guess I could have said that in a much shorter video, um, but I hope you enjoyed everything I talked about. And if you did, uh, please, you know, let me know. And, uh, and if you didn't, or if you have any questions, you know, please let me know that too. I'd be more than happy to help you to understand any of these concepts better. All right. Thank you for listening. I wish you well. and I'll talk to you soon.